Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. And today, oh, one of my favorite topics. We're not talking about products today. We're talking about just this whole idea of being a connector and a networking expert. And on the podcast today is Michelle Tillis Letterman. Michelle, it's so great having you on the podcast. I can't wait to dive in. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> I couldn't wait. So as my friends know that are listening, I love connecting people and I love figuring out little ways of helping others through relationships and connections. And it seems like your career, that's been like your whole career. I mean, you've written books on this and you've got a new book out we're going to talk about in a minute, but like, right? Isn't this you? How did you get into this space? Well, I just love how you started, but I love connecting people because I, do. I actually did a survey trying to understand what drives connectors and what are the attributes and these behaviors. And you just exemplified the number one piece of data that came out of that survey, which is that 97% of connectors derive personal satisfaction just from the act of bringing people together. Yes, I do. And I'm not looking for anything in return. I'm, you know, some people yes, will say, oh, you're, you know, you're a connector. I helped her <laughs> out. I helped Michelle. So now she'll owe me down the road. None of that. Like I just, when some, like I helped someone find, you know, this new career role last week and it was like magic. I felt like, oh my God, like, because I knew them, I helped make that happen. Yeah. It just feels like, I remember once I was doing a program at a, uh, it was like convene. It was one of those like places, those workplaces that people can um, <laughs> rent space in. Yes. Of course. And like we were, they started saying that they were, you know, opening this new building and, and they're hiring. And I'm like, oh, you need to hire my friend. <laughs> and literally, that was the conversation. And I got the person's name. And then I told my friend, I'm like, I know you're looking and you're going to go work here. And here's the person and you go have a conversation. So I put them in touch and they, and they hired her. <laughs> I love that. And it's such a great feeling. And I mean, for anyone who's naturally kind of loves the space, I mean, that's just, that's what they'd feel like. Right. So, I mean, but, but this, let's back up. So you've written a couple of books on this. I mean, you've taught, you've written the book, uh, the 11 laws of likability, which of course, internationally known, huge book, land the job. Um, heroes got hired. I mean, nail the, nail the interview, land the job. Heroes got hired. And now the connector's advantage. So, you know, what started you writing in this space and was it an offshoot of like your day job or like, you know, how did you get started? <laughs> well, that's a convoluted story. Um, I'm a recovering CPA. Oh, so, I didn't know that. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's not in my bio. Um, <laughs> I know. I did a lot of homework. I spent I didn't find 10 that. years in finance. Wow. I was the only woman on the trading floor. I was the only woman on a global venture capital team. I was corner office looking out on the stock exchange. And um, I don't think I was all that likable. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I I write about some of the mistakes I made. I write about some of the mistakes I saw and what wasn't working. So the 11 laws like ability and the connectors advantage, um, they're kind of connect. They're connected. Um, the new book follows, follows the likability book because the 11 laws like ability, I will tell you right now, you can't make anybody like you. No, nope, even if you try. Doing, you can run out and buy that book. And yes, please go ahead and run out and buy that book. <laughs> right. But I'm telling you now, if you're running out to make people like you, then don't. Because that's not what I'm teaching. I'm teaching you what to do before, during, and after a conversation to enable people to see what's likable about you. Because you know, we're all fabulous. We're all likable. We just 
aren't all likable for the same reasons to the same people. Well, yeah, I have to say that I had not read that book before getting your info and and preparing for this podcast, but I think that one is fascinating, and I and it leads into your newest one. Right? I mean that that's that they directly link. So all of those foundational concepts of the laws of likability, I actually summarize them in the new book, The Connector's Advantage, because we then build on those concepts. And you know, there's a saying. Well, it's actually my saying. Um, <laughs> Because my brother-in-law walked into my office one day and he's like, I don't get it. What's the difference between networking and connecting? Ah. And I looked at him. Yeah, it's like, okay, wait a minute. I need to think about that. And networking like, is an awful word in my mind. I know. It I can't stand it. Like, Come to this happy hour and for networking and it sounds like I'm going to be sold to. That's what I always feel like. Someone's going to be selling me something. It's, it's a word that has a, um, a visceral reaction. Like you just had that reaction. Right. And it, like, it, it has the word work in it. Like, I don't want to work. Right. I want to make friends. I want to connect. <laughs> True. And so I say, um, I actually coined the phrase relationship networking. And that's part of the subtitle of the likability book because the publisher said you have to have the word networking in there for SEO. Sure. <laughs> so that was our compromise. That's so funny. Well, I like having the relationship there. That's good. Networking, I think, is something that you do, but connecting, a connector, that's who you are. And it, it, it almost, it seems like it's more personal, you know, and it, and it feeds off more of a relationship. Um, it, it is about being more rooted. Yeah, it's, I think that's it's great. It's about being more present. It's not about doing something for need or for now. Yeah. I, I just, it is it's a long-term approach. Well, one thing you wrote about that I thought was really cool, you talked about connections being critical to success, which I think, you know, check. But then you talked about likability enabling connection. And I thought that was a really cool way of linking together kind of some of the thought leadership you had shared in the previous book with this new book. Well, thank you. That's <laughs> <laughs> really good. Yeah. So your new book, out, The Connector's Advantage, Seven Mindsets to Grow Your Influence and Impact. I mean, this one, I, I what I love about this is it applies to so many people, not just, you know, it's not a business leadership book. And it's also not like a nonprofit book. It's like it could apply to anybody that wants to make a difference. Absolutely. And it has both a individual component as well as an organizational component. Uh, the relationship and connection to your customer, to your vendor, to your employees, to your suppliers, it is critical in every aspect of our professional lives as well as our personal lives. I totally agree. And one thing I thought would be really fun today to do would be to talk through some of the seven mindsets. How does that sound? You pick, I'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love this. So uh, I'm going to go with connectors are open and accepting. Tell us about that. That is the first one. I'll actually list them all out for your viewers. Uh, perfect. And then they can great idea. And tell you, why didn't you ask about this yeah, one? Yeah, great idea. Um, <laughs> so connectors are open and accepting. They have a clear vision. They believe in abundance. Connectors trust. They are social and curious. They are conscientious. And they have a generous spirit. And we kind of these. already alluded to that last one we started I talking. I just love these. Yeah, I, I love these because... They really are. They really. What I love about this is this is not about building your LinkedIn, you know, number of connections or the number of contacts on your iPhone, but truly about building relationship connections. Absolutely, and I, you know, I do talk about those other channels and, and virtual connections as well. Um, but we have to start with that idea of being open and accepting. And when I talk about being open, what I'm really thinking about is. 
the fact that everyone out there listening pretty much made some conclusions about me within the first few words that I spoke. <laughs> it's like personal branding 101. Right? Right. I mean, you know, you teach this. <laughs> this <laughs> it's true is, though, right? <laughs> we get a couple of seconds and I don't want to judge anybody for, for that because that's normal and that's natural. And that's just a fact of the fact that we are advanced human species that take in information quickly, process it, and form conclusions. It's a fabulous skill, but here's the problem. What happens then is that we then take in all the further data, all the additional data through that lens, and we seek to interpret that data to prove ourselves right, because we like to be right. And so we are then going to, you know, just really be stuck in our initial conclusion. So when I talk about being open, I talk about being open to being wrong. I talk about coming from a place of curiosity versus conclusion and to um, slow our thinking down so that we don't get stuck in our first judgment. No, I, I love that idea. Well, and, and so you then talk about needing to have a clear vision. Now, when I hear the word vision, I typically think about like the vision I have for my team or our organization or our business, right? And is that what you're talking about here? Or are you making it more on the individual level? I think it can be both, to be honest with you. Um, and I think it should be both. I mean, you've got a lot of entrepreneurs who are listening. So Absolutely. I want you to take it from both angles. Um, I do talk about it initially as um, you're never going to get the connector's advantage, which is simply faster, easier, better. So if you want to know what this connector's advantage is, it is whatever it is you're working on, working towards, you're going to get there faster easier and better when you are a connector. And I have stories and cases and stuff to show you. And you know what? I don't even have to prove it to you because I guarantee everyone listening, including you, will sit there and think about all the people you have to thank for all the things that you're proud of and that you've accomplished and all your successes. So when you talk about connectors thinking and acting in a certain way that makes things happen faster, easier, and often with a better result, like why? Why is that? Why, why are those individuals or those types of people able to do that? Because um, it's like the, the speed of, of relationship, right? So if you go back in time to the agricultural age, the most important asset you could own was land. And in the industrial age, it was your machines. And in the information age, it was data and technology. But <laughs> we are so in the network age. That's true. And the most valuable asset you have are your relationships. And when you want to figure something out, you can either figure it out on your own and you can do your research and you can take all those steps to, to learn something, or you can go to the people who already know it and you can shorten your path to knowledge. You can shorten your path to the interview. You can shorten your path to the client. You can shorten your path everywhere because you know someone who knows someone. I got a guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. So let's jump into the next one. I think this is really interesting. Connectors believe in abundance. What do we mean by abundance? This is actually one of the hardest of the mindsets. And I don't know if I'm saying that for everyone or just saying that for me, because yeah. I think this is a hard one. Well, let's unpack this one. Um, so <sighs> abundance is the opposite of scarcity. And scarce mindsets are proven. Like we have data, we have evidence, we've experienced that makes us believe in scarcity. Um, for me, it was back in my finance days, there was not a single female partner. There was one senior manager woman, and she, by sure, was not reaching back to pull other women up with her because there was only room for one woman at the top. 
And by sure, anything she was going to do, it was going to be her. <laughs> no competition. No woman, right? No woman wanted to work with her or for her because she was not supportive of other women. Got it. So that was a very scarce mindset. We are defensive and protective and we make decisions out of fear. Wow. An abundant mindset doesn't say, oh, everything's fabulous. But it says <laughs> right. everything can be fabulous. Could it be. says there's the possibility that just because there was one partner or no partners doesn't mean that there won't be 20 down the road. Right. It's almost living with expectation um, so, of things like, you know, of growth or expectation of things being better or evolving. Yeah. The belief that that's possible, the belief that it's probable, um, believing that there is enough to go around and not feeling, I mean, it's not like, you know, a connector doesn't feel envy or jealousy. We certainly do. Um, but we can take it in perspective. Like I had a moment where my friend landed this amazing sports client and like, you know, we were talking about football before we got on the right. podcast. And like, <laughs> I, I love my music. Sport. That's right. <laughs> and I was really jealous. I was like, Oh my God, how'd you land that client? Right. But instead of like thinking about how do I get that client from her or, or, or I'm resenting her for having that client. I instead was like, okay, I had that moment of saying like, okay, I'm jealous. That's awesome. How right. do you do it? Let me learn from you. Right. Which is a great thing, but I think people will struggle with that, though. And, and it's a shift, and that's why I say this is one of the hardest mindsets. And I give a little chart in there about how, um, what it looks like to be in a scarce mindset and what it looks like to be in an abundant mindset and how we start to make that shift. And we make that shift by understanding the value that we bring and not comparing ourselves against other people. And honestly, by acknowledging the fear, like not judging ourselves for understanding and feeling that scarcity, but, but helping us to start to reframe and to shift. Sure. And, you know, I think it, it's even been made more difficult with social media, you know, whether it be Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. I mean, you know, because everyone has a chance to show their highlight reel, right? I mean, and, uh, <laughs> regardless of whether you're a leader or a follower, that can tend to lead to some feeling of jealousy and envy. I, I love and hate social media at the same time. Uh, you know, and I'm also a parent of, of teen and teenagers, so... <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, it's got a whole nother dynamic that is scary. And it's interesting. Um, <laughs> my, I'm on a few platforms. I think you, you pick a couple. Uh, I started on Facebook when I was a professor at NYU and my students got me on there. And uh, so I've been on that one a while. My favorite is, is LinkedIn. But my friends told me that one of the reasons they love my Facebook is that I don't only post the good. I often post the bad. So I put things up there like, hey, I drove my kids to camp today, but camp starts tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And, you know, uh, that's a great one. Yeah. Like I did that. My son was crying. I took a picture of all of us standing there with his eyes all puffy going, okay, so tomorrow they're going to take the bus because I'm not driving here again. <laughs> you know? yep. No, that's so true. And I got... So many people responding about similar stories of things that they did, and it connected us of that common experience. So sometimes when we share like our mess ups, like I also posted when we skied in Colorado, I wasn't familiar with skiing in Colorado. I didn't know you needed sunblock <laughs> because you were closer to the sun. Right, right. And my poor kids were like lobster faces underneath their goggles, oh and so was I. And so I took a picture of all of us with our ridiculously red faces. And said, mommy moment of the year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, and so, you know, it's, it's part of actually one of the other mindsets, which is connectors trust. Sure. One of the pillars of trust is vulnerability. No question. And 
putting out there that not everything's wonderful. I'm not perfect. Everything. Look, I mess up too. It makes us human. It makes us relatable. Right. It's like humility and self-actualization, right? I mean, go right along with this. Yeah. And at least people like made me feel better when I drove them to camp the wrong day because I wasn't the only one. <laughs> right. Well, I totally agree. And that night That's I showed my one. son all the notes. I'm like, look, I didn't do that, honey. Look, I didn't do that, honey. This wasn't so bad. <laughs> no, this is a good roadmap. I like this. So you hit on trust and I'm going to skip over that one uh, for the sake of our time today. But um, let, let's go to connectors are social and curious. Now, I'm, I'm only imagining there are some people out there that feel like they're connectors. They're like, but I am not a social person. Yes, you are. It just doesn't <laughs> look like you think it looks. Right. Okay, explain. <laughs> so so here's what I'm saying is, and, and I have a section in the book called Good News for the Introverts. Oh, no, that's the first book. This one's called The Introvert's Edge. Oh, I talk about nice. introverts in both books okay, because very I think it's really important because introverts think that social and curious is like social butterfly and life of the party and people person. And it doesn't have to be. Uh, I, I think some of the best connectors I know are introverts. They've started online groups. They have created networks. They have um, done it in a way that fits them and they're amazing at it. So being social doesn't mean um, all of those, those extroverted versions of social it can, but it doesn't have to. Social just means you're putting yourself in a position to connect with somebody else, to leverage your curiosity, to learn about them and how you might have that common interest or value or experience. I love that. That's a great way to phrase it. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with being an introvert or extrovert, right? I mean, it's all about just intentionality. It, it's about openness, right? These, these mindsets are, um, they're not linear, but they do enable each other, right? It's yeah, really they do hard seem to, to go together. Yeah. Like when we get to generous spirit, it's hard to have a generous spirit if you don't come from a place of abundance, if you don't trust, if you aren't conscientious, right? Like you you need these things. They work together. You need like a model that when you do workshops, you can like have people self-rate and do some sort of Q&A and they come up with like their score. Oh man, you just gave me a homework assignment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wait, that would go good with your day job, right? I mean, this is a cool model. I love this. Uh, All right, that's a good one. I do have a quiz. (laughs) A quiz. Um, I I do have a quiz of what level connector you are because there's several levels of connectors. Right, but you could do a simple thing. People could, you know, this would be really interesting. Little scores. I do have that quiz. I don't, I, I, if you remind me, I'll try to find the link so people can take that quiz. I love that. Um, But, you know, I believe that everybody is at least an emerging connector. There's very few non-connectors out there. (laughs) Right. Um, Anti-connectors. Yeah, right. I think you have to really like be a hermit and not believe relationships are of any value to be a non-connector. That would be ridiculous. Um, most people at least are emerging. They're they're testing out some of these mindsets and, and they're they're moving up the spectrum to responsive connector, to acting connector. And then we get to those um, upper echelon levels of niche connector, super Ooh. connector, and global super connector. Oh my God. That's what I hope I am or will be. Global super connector, <laughs> the GSC. Seriously, I want, to, I, yeah, I want to see this chart. Okay. All right. So off track, my bad. Um, <laughs> that's what happens sometimes. I like shiny objects. So I'm going to jump over <laughs> conscientious, too. right? Conscientious is another one, which for those listening can go read all about it on page 133 in the book. Um, or we can hit one more. I love the idea of generous spirit. So help me with this one and how it applies to the connector. I think I got it, but I'd love to hear your take on it. I think it's where our conversation started, which is the joy that you got from just bringing people together. That is a generous spirit. 
the idea of giving because you can, of doing because you want to without expectation of something in return, but understanding that when you approach life and people uh, and business with a generous spirit, it gives you permission to ask for what you want. And it, it, I think it raises all ships. So it's nonlinear. It's not like I gave to you, Justin. Now you got to get back to me. Right. It's not it's, a piggy bank and deposits to- and all that. Yep. Right. It's like I, I did for you, Justin, and I hope you take that spirit and do for others. And, and it's exponential. Um, and, and so I know things will come back to me and it might come back to me, not from the people who I gave to, but for people who share the spirit. Ah, there we go. So it's a little bit of karma and putting things out to the universe. Yep. And I also do believe that there's a real important piece that is uh, essential to get the connector's advantage. You need to be generous with yourself as well. And we forget that because as connectors, and I, I know you're going to relate to this one, we, we, we enjoy it. We like feeling valuable and valued and giving and it feels so good. It does. And then we stretch ourselves so thin because we say, yes, yes, yes. Yes. And then we're like yawning all day. And my husband actually <sighs> put a little sticky note on my computer for years. Um, it fell off and I told him recently, I'm like, I think you might need to put it back. And it simply said, no. I know. I, I, that word is not in my vocabulary, and so, uh, there are times when that's a real problem. Yeah, I will tell you, um, go read the chapter on conscientiousness and on generous spirit, because <laughs> you, you need to have no in our vocabulary. In order to be a true connector, yep. you need to get clear on what you're willing to say yes to and what you're willing to say no to, but you can say no but. Yeah. You can say no, not now, but right. here's how I could say yes down the road. I do love that. Um, right, there's a lot of ways that we can um, ensure that we are being generous with ourselves so that the most important people and the most important things in our lives are not getting the short end of the stick because of our tendency to want to say yes. Yeah, I was at an event a couple weeks ago and the, the big mantra was in order to narrow the focus, you got to say no to say yes, right? You got to say no to things in order to say yes to the important things or to the couple of key things. It doesn't mean no, no is forever, but no is for now. Okay, we could have a whole long conversation about all of these. Um, <laughs> but Michelle, where can our listeners find you, find your company, Executive Essentials, uh, find your book? How can they connect with you? Obviously, LinkedIn, but where else? Yes, definitely there. <laughs> um, and actually, the best place to start is really my website, which is Michelle with two L's, Tillis, T-I-L-L-I-S, Letterman, which is L-E-D-E-R-M-A-N.com. And from there, you will find my LinkedIn. You will find my YouTube. I do these success shorty videos. You'll find That's my blog. Cool. Very cool. Um, all those things. And if you want to find out about the book, you can go to the connectorsadvantage.com. Yeah, this is so awesome. Hey, Michelle, it's so great having you on the podcast. I'd like to have you back on and dive into some of these areas in greater detail, maybe like day in the life of Connector, you know, something like that. We should do that in the next couple of weeks. You, you, you tell me when, I'll be there. <laughs> I love it. All right, Michelle, thanks. Thank you. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.